This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks show number 567 with guest Mike Weger, recorded on March 23rd, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. Of course, we post the show. Well, yeah, we'll have a few show notes out there. Uh, we'll post those out at theaverageguy.tv. Don't forget this episode to sponsor is Nespresso. Mike, I've been doing some affiliate sponsors, and I thought, why not do Nespresso? Great coffee. You don't have to compromise. You can make it fast. It doesn't have to be Keurig. You can land what I'd say is right in the middle. Like Nespresso gets you right in the middle. Uh, if you use the code MQU328, you get $40 off your first machine if you want to give it a try. They even send you a little carrier for it as well. Uh, Do they have a code for reorders of coffee? Because I, no. I didn't know you had a code. Okay, because no. I'm a big Nespresso guy, but no. I don't use anyone's link. So I'd yeah. be, okay. No, so I wish. Gonna... Maybe at some point. This is uh, MQU328, $40 off a machine. If you don't have a machine, they'll, and it, they'll send you a little holder for them uh, uh, as well with that. I'll work. I'll keep working them. I thought I'd give it a try. I did have I did have one person use the code, and uh, and so if you're if you're tired of drinking terrible coffee, it makes really good, when really start, good coffee. Yeah, you start drinking espresso, and then you go to like Starbucks or whatever, and you're like, eh, where's the crema? Like, yeah. where's like it's got that cream on top. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a head on a beer, yeah. right? It's it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. We got Mark schedule two coming up for the the barbecue show. We've also been. Uh, I've also got a, a a meter link. If you head out to the average guy uh, TV slash meter, uh, they got some deals. They're running some deals for the spring. If you haven't picked up your temperature, you know, if you haven't picked up a, a thermometer, right, a temperature sensor for both ambient and inside the meat, whatever you're using now would be the time. Check it out. Uh, the average guy TV slash meter. Uh, big thanks to Kevin Schoonover who joined last week. We did some PC builds of his. He's doing an AMD and an Intel box. And oh, yes. actually, he got mentioned on Think Computers uh, a podcast last night because they were covering those Intel GPUs. And maybe I'll ask you a little bit later, Mike, if you've been enticed at all by any of this, the, the latest yep. GPU uh, saga. But uh, Kevin, thanks for coming on last week. And of course, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. If you're finding, if you're finding value in the podcast, and you want to give back, join the team, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. We'll get you there. We just have one plan. We keep it easy. Uh, give it a look today. Mike Weger is back for the week. Mike, last time I said you were back, they thought back, back. Oh, do they really? Yeah. The very like, next week, they're like, oh, man, he's already gone again. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be back. I was, I was saying in the pre-show, this just this feels like home. I love it. I love yeah. being able to come back and and be on the show and uh and i i know i was waiting actually we get the boys um new baseball schedule and on I think saturday and so i was like man if some of my thursdays free up especially around the summertime i'd be uh, i'd love to come back more yeah and shoot me a note like if if you see them let's get them booked yeah so that i can sure. that i can get them you know i mentioned uh mark robson where we've already got him lined up starting to think about i mean it's gonna be summer before before you know i'm out on the deck yeah, you know, going for walks. Do it. Have you have you picked up? Uh, you you said uh, in the pre-show when you and I were talking that you've been you've been trying to get the kids out and doing a little more golf. Yeah. Did, did you? Are now see golf's dangerous because it's clubs first. Oh yeah. Accessories 
and bag accessories yep. and distance accessories, right? You you said you picked up a golf gadget. What'd you pick up? I did. So um, for me, you know, golf was something I, I I played on the high school team. I was I was big into golf as a kid. Uh, my grandpa really got me into it and played a bunch with him. Um, and so as I grew older, though, like when I got to college, I just I played maybe once a year. And so it was really all the way up until last year. I just got started doing it with more work people. Got the bug again. I said, you know, golf is just something I love. Like it's just getting outside. I just I forgot how much I love golf. And so looking into this year. We were talking about all different things and and really it was, you know, I really wanted to get the boys. My boys are five and six now. They're just gonna have a good age where they have good enough hand-eye coordination, not to have a perfect swing, but they can have fun with it. Uh so yeah, it got got them out, which has been a blast. So we're gonna be playing a lot more golf with them. Um, and so what that led to though was that I was using the same clubs I had since high school. Um, you know, 13, 14 years old, and and those uh technologies come a long way with iron. So I was playing with a bunch of buddies last year and they were like, how are you even hitting it with that thing? Like, you know, like here, try this. And I was getting 30, 40 more yards with their, with their iron. So I uh, invested in, in some new irons this year. And what came with it was a little sticker. And it was like, Hey, um, you can get, you know, free, they're called Arcos sensors. So A-R-C-C-O-S, they're called Arcos. Um, it's the Arcos system. And so like, Hey, you can, you can get the sensors for free. And I don't know what sort of value that is. What I realized after is that I think Arcos is doing a big push, especially right before springtime. If you guys Google, if you guys want to try this out after I tell you about it, just Google like Arcos free sensors. There's even links that if you just say, oh yeah, I bought a new set of clubs, they don't re- they don't like require a receipt or anything. They just ship you the sensors for free. Yeah. So looks like they're running a deal right now where you can buy the starter bundle, get a few sensors. Um, but essentially, so I, I pulled the trigger, right? I'm like, well, okay, they're going to ship me all the sensors for free. What this system is, is it's, it's essentially a way for you to track your distances. Um, I, I will be clear, not at the range. This has to be when you're playing an actual round of golf and it'll make sense here in a second. Um, but for when you're playing a round of golf, automatically without you really um, having to do anything with an app, you do have to be running an app, but you don't have to be pulling your phone out. You don't have to be doing anything. This system knows exactly what club you're using when you hit your shot. And then because you go from shot one and then you walk to shot two, and that's where you hit the next shot, it knows your distances. And so what it's doing in the background is it's tracking all the clubs you're using the distances those clubs are going and it's GPS based. So it's also automatically tracking. Are you hitting the fairway? Are you getting your fairways in regulation? Are you hitting your greens in regulation? Like, are you hitting to the left? Are you hitting to the right? And what I love about it is this technology isn't necessarily new, but in the past you had to manually track that in an app. So like after you hit your shot, you say, I hit driver. I just hit it 200 yards. I hit it to the left. Like, and I, like I'm playing golf to be outside and to be kind of tech free. And what I loved about this system was it's as tech free as it can be and still getting all that really cool data. So what I will say is there's a few different ways you can do this. So the sensors, you you need the sensors and they go, they screw onto the end of your grip. Um, I think they work with almost every single grip with the exception of your putter. Um, you might need a special adapter for your putter. But for me, it just screws onto that tiny little hole you see on the end of your grip. So the sensors are on. There's a couple different ways you can play. So what you can do is if you don't want to spend any extra money. So for me, like I got the sensors for free. If I didn't want to spend any more money, you can just use your phone um, because the sensor is telling it what club, but then it's actually, it needs some sort of like microphone to listen for when you're hitting a shot, right? That way it knows when am I actually hitting a shot? So it's using the microphone and it needs a GPS device. So your phone is the GPS and the mic. So if you don't want to spend more money, you fire up the app, you have to keep it in your front left pocket. Um, and this might come up later, but my phone is massive. I, I, I made a mistake. I went way too big. I went the Pro Max. I don't want this thing in my pocket all the time. 
but that is an option. So you can just use your phone, keep it in your pocket. It's tracking everything. The only time really you have to in like interact with the app is if you hit like a shot out of bounds, it's not going to know about that. So if you have to take a penalty stroke, cause it's keeping your full scorecard for you. So if you have to take a penalty stroke and let's say, you know, all of us, you know, you're, you're 10 feet out, you putt it, you're within an inch. You just pick the ball up. You don't actually finish out that last inch putt. It's not going to hear the putt sound. So you might have to go in and say, Oh, I actually two putted that instead of one putt. So that's the only time you have to interact with the app. So that's option one. You can play with your phone. Um, option two, which they actually just released a major new update that I wish they had done before I bought the system. Um, they made a major new update so that everything can run through your watch. So you can actually just start around and do everything from your watch. Now, when you're using your phone previously, it would still interact with your watch. So your watch is now your rangefinder. So as you're hitting shots, you can still look down and it's telling you exactly how far you are from the pin, from the green. Um, but you couldn't do everything just with the watch alone. You still had to have your phone in your pocket. Now you can do everything. If you have an Apple watch, you can run it all through the watch, which I think is really cool. I'm going to actually test that out. Um, so that's option two. What I went with um, before they made that update where you could do everything on the watch was they have this little thing called a link and it just clips onto, yes, uh, the Acros link. And this don't pay the full price ever. I think they're, yeah, it's 150 uh, MSRP. They are always doing deals. So even when I did it, I got this for, I think, $75. Um, the link is really cool. So the link essentially makes it so you can do a, you could leave your phone in your truck. Um, and you can, this thing has GPS built in. It's really tiny. It actually looks bigger in the pictures than it is. Um, it is essentially the length of your belt. Um, you clip it on your belt or on your pocket. Um, this thing has the microphone in it. So it's listening. It also has GPS in it. So you can start around from your phone and then leave your phone because the link is doing everything for you. Um, so, I actually, what I did with the link was I did keep my phone in the cart because I did need to add in those putts and I wanted to do it in real time. I didn't want to have to write it down and do it later. So if I had an extra putt or if I had a penalty stroke, I would just pick up my phone out of the cart, add it real quick and set it down. So it's interacting with your phone. But the good thing about this is it eliminates the need to have your phone in your pocket. So the analytics you get from this is actually the really cool part. So that that's the system. Um, I've only, I've only, cause I, I just got, it. I've only been able to play with it once. The more rounds you do, obviously the better the analytics get. Cause it starts to know your average distance per club. It starts to know, it'll tell you where you're losing and gaining strokes. They're like, Hey, your approach game is costing you a lot of strokes, right? You're constantly hitting two right around the green. Um, you, you know, on certain holes, you're, 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 you're hitting the fairways or you're pulling it a little bit left. Well, as you start to get, I think there's a minimum of once you get 90 holes in, with the system, it has what's called an AI caddy. So the AI caddy will almost treat it like you have a caddy with you. It knows your distances. It knows your tendencies on left and right. So it'll kind of tell you how you should play a hole. So it'd say, you know, the, there's a bunker out there that's 180. You very rarely carry that with X club. So I would play this club to here, this club to here and, and go in. Um, so the analytics is just, I think, fascinating. I'm a big just data nerd. Um, anything I can get data on, I, I love. And what I like about it, like I said, going back to my first comment, is you get all that data without having to interact with your phone, like pretty much at all during the round, right? And especially with the update to the watch, you can add in those putts and uh, extra putts and like penalty strokes on your watch. So really, you could have a phone-free round, tech-free round. You still get to enjoy golf and have the benefit of having all the data afterwards. If you are a GIN user, like if you're a handicap tracker, 
Acro. So at the very end of your round, it can actually just publish it to your handicap profile for you. So it can submit those scores automatically, which is really nice. Saves you a step from having to open the GIN app and plug in your score for the handicap. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those items that I, I really like. I think for the yearly fee, it's $150. So $150 a year. Um, I think they do it monthly too. I, I actually, I can't remember what I signed up for. So I'm either getting charged for a full week because they give you a, a month for free. So at the end of this month, um, I'll get a charge for, for either 150 for the year or they might be monthly. I don't know. But I just, I thought this was really cool. This is where you, like I said, we've had this tech forever in golf, but it was so much interaction that was required. Now it's uh, it's a lot easier. Making it a lot easier, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of tracks it. I love the listening for the sound of the shot. Would Would somebody else's shot throw that off if... No, not too much because it needs to have now it's a pretty sensitive microphone. And, and so really you need to have the club really close to your sensor. So it knows what club you have. And then it's listening for a, a, a pretty loud shot. That's, that's pretty close to you. So I didn't have any instances of it picking up someone else's shot. And it's, it's kind of interesting. So those sensors are, you know, uh, I don't know what kind of technology they have in them, but they're, they're running on battery. Well, it's actually position based. So when they're facing down, meaning like think about if a club's upside down your golf bag, they're off. As soon as it's flipped upside down and right side up, so now you're holding uh, it, that's when the sensor starts to activate. So they're using a bunch of really cool tech. Um, I also didn't have any like misreads on what club I was using. Uh, so obviously when you initially pair them, you just put them on all your clubs, you hold it close to your phone, you say, this is my pitching wedge. This is my mm-hmm. driver. And it mm-hmm. just it just goes. And I, I, I really like it. It's a pretty cool. And you can get the sensors. You can also just get custom grips. I think they were showing that there. So if you wanted to go all out and get all new grips, um, if you're in the market for new grips anyway, um, you could just go the all-in-one route uh, and get the grips built in. Wow. Do yeah. you, um, do you, have you seen a lot of the, uh, a lot of golfers using this when you're out golfing? No, not really. Um, I, I saw it from some of the YouTubers I was watching and there was one other guy, uh, at the club I just joined who I was talking. He's like, dude, I, I just picked those up too. So I think they were kind of new the past few years and now they're starting to get them a little bit more mainstream. So I think you're going to probably start or start seeing it a little bit more. And, uh, Brian asked in chat if there's a, a social aspect to it. That is a great question. I actually, I actually don't know. I my brother-in-law did get them as well. So because that link, like I said, it was kind of an unrestricted link. It was like, oh hey, you bought new clubs, sweet. Here we're gonna ship you sensors. So I was like, dude, put this link in your phone, see if it still works. He's like, yep, let's me get the sensors for free. So he grabbed them too. So I'll 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 follow up on that. I'm not sure if you can uh, look at other. I guess I could open up the app and see if there's a way yeah, to see I'll friends. If not, I'm sure it's coming. Although, yeah, as soon as you get other people involved, it, they just ruin it. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's a lot like you know we we are kicking off the show talking about whiskey, and and bourbon and whiskeys are so popular right now. Everybody, there's all these podcasters and bloggers and and YouTubers talking about whiskey, and you start watching some of these after a while, and then you're like, you're just making up stuff now. Like, there's there's only so many things you can do with with whiskey right yeah and and eventually you're like oh you're just making stuff up so you know i I don't know i always get a little skeptical after a while the trend in fact the more popular the trend gets the less i want to do it you know when everybody's doing i'm like nah yeah don't want to do it you know yeah has it um so how many games how many games have you played with it I've only so played far. one round so okay. far. So Pacific Springs around here opened up a little early and the rest of the courses are opening up next weekend. Can so. you tell it what course you're on? And, yep. and it, 
Okay. Because that's how it knows the GPS. It knows all it. It's pretty much being your little caddy. So even when you're looking at your watch, it's telling you how far away you are. So you tell it what course you're playing, the front nine, the back nine, and it loads in all that data. Yeah. It'd be nice if they had that for disc golf, like something you'd put on your discs. And it'd be weird for the balance and some other things like that. But it'd be uh, some of the technology around that would be cool if they could automatically track some of that. Well, and it would be, yeah, really, you would just need, you would probably need a manual way of saying what disc you're throwing, but like the U-Disc app for, for disc golf, I don't know if you've used that at all. So I play disc golf a lot with my brother-in-law. The U-Disc app is fantastic. So that's the same sort of thing. You pull in the, uh, the course and you tell what course you're playing. It has a, it has a, I don't know if, camera if it has GPS, like where it shows you the hole. Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but it's great for scorekeeping. Um, you can scorekeep yeah, amongst yeah, your yeah. friends and, yeah. and keep track that way. Well, and you could, you think about it, you could say, okay, here's, uh, here's the pin, throw it, walk to it and, and then say, okay, this is where it's landed. And that would have that distance. Uh, you could track it by disc if you wanted to at that point. It's a lot of manual entry on the phone. Yes. That's, that's the problem, right? That And that's what this solved. That's why this yeah. was such yeah. a game changer for the yeah. tech side. Make, it makes me wonder why nobody thought of it before. Maybe it's I just know. the tech met the opportunity and... Right. Yeah. And I think it's, it is a little bit niche because the, the big explosion in golf, like the true tech story in golf is, is, uh, launch monitors right now, right? That's like the track man systems. You can build your own SIM in your garage and those are becoming more affordable and even more portable. People are taking those to the range. The downside of the system is it, it doesn't help at the range, right? Because it's using GPS to know where you hit from, to know the distance, um, so it, it's of no use at the range. So I think like most people are focused in right now on their practice side. So they're using the TrackMan systems or, or any of those other launch monitors. And I think that's been the story. Um, I do think these will start to get more traction as people start to get used to seeing analytics when they're in their sim or they're on the range, they're going to want that same sort of tracking out on the course without the manual entry. And I, I think that's where this will start to pick up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that's super cool. That is, that's one of those systems that kind of comes on the scene it, it's cool not guaranteed to be successful i think they've probably yeah. they've got a lot of work to do to get golfers to adopt it right get it get it rolling that way but it does seem like it's all the right technology for what it's doing it's not too much tech but it's got a lot of tech built into it you've got some options with it right yeah. And I think for them, you know, the best part is I think they were able to ride and maybe weather a storm early on of trying to break into the scene because I mean, actually I have one on my desk here. I mean, here, here's the sensor. This is all they're producing, right? A little, a little sensor and they're producing. The, so it's, it's just the size of the top of your club. You would peel the sticker off. Oh, you can see the electronics, but uh, here I have, I have another one right here. But um, so the screw, you screw that into the top of your grip and then this, the green and black just sticks up beyond the, the length of your club. Yeah. So this is all they're making. So it can't be too expensive. And they're making that link. The rest of the, I mean, the, the, the rest is tech, right? The, the rest right. of the app. So ideally, hopefully their, their costs weren't too high to get things produced. Uh, gave them enough time. Cause I'm more than willing to pay $150 a year for, oh, for yeah. the data. Yeah. That's super reasonable. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, especially yeah. in the golf world, right? right. I think people are right. willing to pay that. I mean, you're paying a lot more for your, your membership to your club than you are. Oh, so, for sure. That. Yeah. Jay says the analytics would be cool. And that, yeah. that, that is, I mean, that's what you're getting from them right No. Well, yeah, cool. exactly. Well, how are the kids? How's it going golfing with the kids? Like, it, how old? Harrison's how old now? 
Yeah, Harrison's five, so yeah. he's going to kindergarten um, in the fall. So we are celebrating this May is our last daycare bill, and we are just mm. beyond pumped for that. So mm. that's that's like getting a raise. That's a that's a pretty big moment. Sure. Uh, and yeah. his older brother Emmett is six, and he's in kindergarten this year. So they're they're always one grade apart, and they've this year has been a struggle because it's been the first time they haven't been in the same school. Because my kids, you know, before they it's a daycare, but it's it's a Montessori school, so they've been in the Montessori school environment, and they were always together, uh, and they were in the same class. So this is the first year they're in different you know schools. Um, one of them's in the, the big public school with all the big kids. And so they're really excited for, for next year to kind of be back in the same, same groove and be back yeah, together. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you can golf with them, that's, I mean, Oh, well it, to me, it's like, well, Hannah's all for it too. Cause yeah. Hannah's like, Oh, you're going to go. I'm like, yeah, I'll take care of the kids today. You know, I'll take yeah. care of the boys. So yeah. I'm loving this age as they're getting older. Cause it's starting to become a lot more fun, right? This is where yeah. dads shine. Like dads really yeah. start to shine when they get a little bit older, you know, baby phase, we're just kind of useless to be honest, right? We don't have the right uh, parts and, um, you know, we're not, it's not our core competency for most of us. So this is really starting to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's good. No, good for you. Yeah. It's a, it's, I I don't know if I did those years very well. I was working a lot. I was busy. I, I didn't have a lot of things in common. I tried rollerblading. We went through a whole roller, you know, rollerblade phase with the kids. I, jumped off a ramp and just smashed my rollerblades. It's like, hmm, hey fat guy, you probably should get some better rollerblades. Right. On uh, that note, there'll there'll be a certain contingent of our audience that will know the reference, but I just added Rocket Power, the old Nickelodeon show, Rocket Power to Plex. Um, because I love that show growing up. It's all about kids in California, rollerblading, skateboarding. Well, I downloaded it because I knew my boys would love it. And now they all they've been asking for is a skateboard. We want skateboards. We want rollerblades. Uh, and Hannah's like, you yeah. know, it's because that show you put on yeah. Plex. And I was like, yep. Uh, but it's uh, that show for me was, I was like, I did the same thing. First thing I yeah. went to ask my mom for was a skateboard after I watched that show. Yeah. 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 Well, I knew you were coming on the show. So I needed to, I thought, okay, I got to ask Mike because I've, I've made some of my best purchases when you've been on the <laughs> or show. Or worse or worse, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Can you think of a bad purchase that I've made that you recommended? I was trying to think about that. I don't Listen. think so. Cause you haven't regretted your Mac choice, right? Going with oh, the M1. Not, like, not, no, no. Yeah. In fact, a buddy of mine was saying, Hey, I was thinking of buying a Mac. And I was like, okay, you just get the latest Mac mini, right? Get a really nice monitor. He was buying it for his partner. And so he was like, what do you, I'm like, okay, just get a Mac mini biggest monitor you can afford. And just it, then just let it go. It'll do its thing. Just let it go. It'll be fine. And, fairly inexpensive so yeah i'm a good now i mean at the same time i built a new windows pc back in the winter right so like i'm not giving up on either i need both i need yep, both i'm the same way working but both. iphone 12 i'm at the end of my two year you know and uh the sweet spot to trade sometimes to trade these things in this seems like covid messed up the whole phone trade-in thing i don't know i'm not seeing as good of deals but do you think with what you know, would it be wise for me to start looking on offloading the 12 and picking up a 14? Should I be waiting for the next thing? I don't know. What do you, what are your, from a phone perspective, what are your thoughts? Uh, so it's a really good question. Um, so for context, I upgraded this last refresh. So I have the iPhone 14 pro max and now they have so many options, right? On your iPhone 14, you have your iPhone 14, you have your iPhone 14 pro you have your iPhone 14 Pro Max. Um, 
I was, you gave me a little bit of heads up on this and I'm glad you did because I was trying to remember, I went back and Apple has that really cool tool where you can just go compare the generations of phones, right? So I was kind of looking at, okay, I gotta remind myself, like, what is the 12 compared to where the pros at and where the pro max is, you know, for me, I was actually disappointed because I was, I needed a new phone. My phone was really old. And so I, I had to pull the trigger. I, I don't know when I wish we knew. And maybe this is a point where you wait till the summer till they announce. I wish they, I, they would just update the iPhone to be a USB C charging port. Like that is the one thing that is so frustrating about the iPhone is that even though I have the latest one and they've put iPhone, they've put USB C in the iPads. They have not brought it to iPhone yet. It's one extra freaking cord I always have to pack, right? And it's one extra thing that I have to pack. And even for my car, because um, my car is not wireless CarPlay, it's wired. So like, I have a different cord there. Um, so so that would be my only thing right now is just the thing that jumped out to me was, ooh, well, I was waiting for USB-C. Maybe it might be worth it to see in the summer if the new one coming out in October is going to have USB-C. Um, besides that, to be totally frank, the, the, the iPhone really 12 to now there hasn't been too much like, oh man, you really need this feature, right? This is missing. You're missing this. The camera is way better. Um, they haven't really had one of those. So I am expecting the 15 to be hopefully something a little more generational. I don't know. Um, oh, and Alex brings up a good point. Alex says that this year, the USB-C is expected due to European regulations. I would hope so. And and you kind of referred to as, as they're kind of mandating everyone kind of standardizes on USB-C. And I think that was one of the reasons they started to put it in the iPads because they kind of saw the writing on the wall. So hopefully they do. I think Apple was trying to see if MagSafe would catch on. Um, that was the one because iPhone 12 does not have MagSafe, right? Or does it? No, it, does. it, it does. does. It does. It does. It, yeah. That has not. I thought I was going to be a huge fan of it. Um, I haven't used it once. Mm-hmm. I used to use. Actually, I take that back. I have started using the battery pack. The, the the battery pack that they sell that you just slap on the back of your phone at magnets to it is super, super convenient. So I have used the battery pack and actually my wife uses it more than me. Um, I got it as a gift and I was really excited and then it lives in her purse because she's always on <laughs> on 15% battery power. Yeah. Um, but it, that is that is nice. So I think Apple was trying to go that route and see if that would, that would win and it, and it just hasn't. So um, for you though, I think you know the biggest thing would be obviously a big step up. And if you're looking for, if I don't know how much you use the camera, do you use the camera a lot on your iPhone? No, not a lot. Okay, not a lot. Just to be honest, I mean, for things you know here and there, and the grandkids from time to time, but I'm not a big photographer. Yeah. So if that's the case, I don't see you know when you're looking at. So if you're looking at the 14 lineup, the Pro might not be super attractive to you at that point then. Right. Because, you know, they really the difference between the pro and the iPhone 14 is just a a much like it's like a 48 megapixel main camera as compared to like a 12, I believe, on the other one, um, an extra camera. But I will say on the pro, if you are looking at two things, the the other main difference is there's there's kind of two bigger ones. One is an always on display. So Mm -hmm. as I'm looking down at my phone right now, it's dimmed, but it is always on. Uh, I am up and down on whether I like it. And I've had the phone since it just came out in October. So I've had it for a while. Um, it distracts me more, right? Cause I can see notifications that will show up there. Even though I have certain notifications muted on my watch, I'll kind of see them and they distract me, but it is nice from like, I, I do see notifications. So if something does come in that I want to see, or always seeing the time is kind of nice, but I will say it's caused more trouble. I've actually thought about looking into just turning it off because um, even though it's, so like right now, oh, I just picked it up. So it kind of lit up, but like it's, it's on, it, it just kind of got brighter, 
but you this is at the state of it. So when you pull it, if it's in your pocket and this front sensors plug are covered up, I think it turns off. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I think it goes, it dims, and I think because I've seen it like when it's in my pocket, I think it after a while, like oh there it goes, oh, there it goes. So if it's in your pocket, right, it's going to turn off. But as soon as you pull it out, right, so there it turns back on. I have, as I've been pulling it out, like when I get out of my car, right, I've got everything in my hand, I'm going into work. It's very easy to just like hold on to a notification. Well, that's, that's active now. So instead of having to wake your screen. So I find myself when I'm holding my phone, like with my palm and I'm taking it out, mm-hmm. I'm accidentally hitting stuff. So that feature um, is a feature and a bug. I would actually call it. You might like it. You might not. The other item that I do like, is, I didn't know if it was going to be gimmicky. I thought it was super gimmicky when I saw it. Um, I actually, so my things were switched. I thought I would love the always on display. I'm kind of not liking it as much. I thought the island up top. So this yeah. cutout now, yeah. right, is actually on the pro and above. So not the regular 14. They have the island. The island is actually super useful. So that island, when you're using certain apps or if I'm doing anything on my phone, but let's say I'm listening to a podcast, there's just a tiny little icon of the podcast right here and you can tap it and it'll take you to like what you're listening to. Right. Mm-hmm. Or for example, if I use my phone for tethering in the car for the boys for their iPads, that shows a little tiny blue icon where you can click it and turn it off. Like, so it does make certain things very useful. Also, if you're like, if you're on a phone call and then you swipe away and you're doing something while you're on the call, that call is showing up in that island. So you can quickly get back to it. Um, so I thought the island was going to be gimmicky. I actually really like it. Um, and that is on the pro and above. So not on the 14. Yeah. So in, in kind of, when I was looking at it, I was like, if you, if the, if the 12 is working for you, cause obviously everyone runs into the battery issue when you get onto an old phone, if you're still having decent battery life, um, I, I might wait for the next one. Like there's nothing there okay. that I'm like, Oh, you for sure got to do it. And then if you do go 14, the question between the pro and the regular would be, do you want the Island? Do you want the always on display? Do you care about the camera? Um, I, what I will say is I would avoid, and especially for you, cause I know you, avoid the max. Like I went mm-hmm. iPhone 14 pro max. It is way, way too big. Mm-hmm. I hate it. It's way too big in my pocket. Um, I thought about turning it right around and returning it when I got it. Cause it was one of those I pre-ordered. I was really yeah. excited. I pre-ordered before hadn't seen it in person. Um, I, for me, at least it's, it's way, way, way too big. I'm, I'm kind of starting to go towards the trend that everyone, all my friends, you included, I think like smaller, the better. Um, so the pro I like the size, Oh, this is a good yeah. size. And that's uh, the same exact size. size as the 14 and right. the 14 pro. So right. the pro and the, and the 14, same size, right. they just add, add a bigger one for the, for the max. Well, I'm trying to figure out that sweet spot for trade-in as well. So what, what will be the max value on the trade-in versus what the price is going to be on that and kind of think through, I don't, and you, you mentioned battery, of course. I mean, I actually get really great battery. When one of the things I've learned over the last two purchases is buy all the um, accessories you think you're going to need right away. Don't wait. Just buy them all. Because, you know, chances are they're not going to make it to the next generation or whatever. Or, you know, and you're like, oh, I just bought this and now I'm already, you know, now I got to get rid of it. So if it goes, listen, lightning isn't actually a problem for me. Like I never... I, I'm going to talk a little bit about this camera, you know, this camera adapter that I've had forever and used on a couple phones. It's gotten really useful for me right now, which is crazy. Now I know they'll make a USB-C one. I get that, right? Yeah. But but I don't. I've never seen the Lightning as a problem. I know. Okay. Yeah, I, I got to buy. Uh, okay, cables are cheap. I, it's fine, right? It, yeah, it, it's fine. The 
I've got cameras in my nightstand. I, I'm the cameras. I've got uh, cables, cords at my nightstand. I got them down here. I have them in my car. I have them at work. Like I just bought a bunch. You just, you just put them everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. It's good to go. Yeah. So I was mainly kind of thinking like some from, from a functionality standpoint, a uh, topic we're going to talk here at the end of the show may use that neural processor that's in there that it's, it's available in the 13 and the 14, but not in the 12. Okay. And you kind of go, oh, okay. Well, there's some things I'm that I actually use that I'm going to be using for work that I thought, okay, maybe the upgraded processor actually would benefit me. Yeah. On, you know, on that. So uh, I knew you were coming on. So I was like, well, I'll talk to Mike about it. Is now, I think what it means is I need to do a bunch of research right now, check prices, check trade in, and then think, okay, what is waiting six months going to mean? Probably not a lot, just to be honest. Yeah. And if I, if we get there and it's not what I want, I could always probably just pick up a cheap four, not cheap. They're, they're never cheap, but pick up a 14 right on the way yeah. out. So to speak, I don't know. And, and I don't know what it was with like Verizon specifically, but, um, I I'm paying almost nothing for this phone. Like they were doing yeah. and not even like trade in, yeah. right? Like yeah. take out trade in just like their deals on getting a new phone. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm paying $10 a month after everything is all said and done for the iPhone 14 pro max. Like that's why honestly I went with the max. Cause when I was pre-ordering, it was like for $2 more a month, you can get the max. I'm like, shoot, I'm already, I'm only like, and the deals were so crazy. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like $2 yeah. more a month. Well, like, that's what I'm max. waiting for. You know, there's been a sprint, um, T-Mobile merger in all this since I, since I bought the phone. And so it's in, a, I'm still on a sprint account. They haven't combined the two entities yet financially. They're getting closer, but so, but I'm still on an old Sprint account, but my modem, which is T-Mobile is on a separate, not, it's not me. It's on Sarah's account on T-Mobile, which I thought my phone was up. Well, it's T, the guy explained to me, well, it's T-Mobile. It's just still Sprint billing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I gotcha. So, um, so I need to kind of look, does it make sense to try and, you know, are there going to be some options? To, am I going to need to move off my Sprint billing? Sammy is picking up. This is the last time she'll get, I, I'm paying for her phone. The last one I just bought. <laughs> so I told her the one you have in your hand, this is it. <laughs> like yeah, you buy the next one. And, uh, and, and I'm done buying phones for kids, by the way. That's, that's like, that's a great feeling. Pay off. I'm going to pay off their college bill and get rid of the phone all at the same time. That's oh, great. So I'm getting rid of daycare, but I got to look forward to phone and college. Just start saving, just start yeah. saving for it now. But, um, yeah. So it, it, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of a, you know, from, for me, it was like, well, it's, there's some comments out in chat. Mike says, or uh, Alex says, Mike, could you create a shortcut automation that would disable the always on display at certain locations or only turn it on if you have it connected to certain Wi-Fi networks? That's a really good idea. I would actually like that because the always on display, I actually, I use it the most when I'm like sitting at my desk at work or at home. Like when I'm out and about, I don't need it to be always on. Um, that's a great idea. If I, especially the Wi-Fi network one, I like that. If I'm connected to work Wi-Fi, yeah. I am going to check into that after this. I the don't know. I'm sure you really can. Good. Oh, I love the shortcuts. The yeah, yeah, it's been great. Brian says I'm running. Uh, I'm running a 13 mini. Love it, and all the battery capacity is great. I'm always near power if I need to plug it in. I'm learning to leaning towards the uh, keeping one more year before uh, upgrading to the 16. And then Alex comes back. Um, they are, they were and are doing big pushes to switch everyone to the 5G plan. Yeah. Um, okay. What about the watch? So I'm on a four. 
I think they're on eight, right? At this point. Yes. Eight or nine, right? Yep. What do you what do you have? It's a great question. Okay. <laughs> I have I have a seven. Okay. I have yeah. a seven. Um oh. I love my seven. Um I think Hannah has an eight because hers uh, her old one broke, so we had to get our new one. Um not not too much crazy difference between the two. I think the new news in the watch is would you want to go if you're just gonna go all out and go baller, do you go I've uh, watch ultra? So they just came out with the ultra that just came out this last year. It's beefier, it's chunkier, it can be a dive watch, right? Um, and for like skiing, if you're doing a lot of, you know, outdoor activity, I think don't quote me on this one, but I think that one so the other thing I didn't talk about with the iPhone 14 was that you can actually it can connect to satellite for an emergency call. So say you're oh, yeah. in an area with no cell service and you need an emergency, it can use satellite. I think the same thing applies to the the watch ultra. Um, and I, I kind of like the look of it. I only know I've only seen it in the wild uh, one time uh, when my bosses has it. Um, it does look pretty cool. It's chunkier. I kind of like the look of it. Um, but but besides that, on the watch, I, I think it depends on the size you want. And, you know, the SE is also a, a great model, too. So I think that's something to consider is do you need to go to the eight or are you okay with the, the SE? Um, cause there's a, there's a pretty big price jump. I think it's about $200, um, difference between those two on the, the, uh, cellular versions of them. Okay. So you might find that you it's, I think the difference mainly is the always on display with the series eight, which on a watch, I love the always on display. Like that yeah. has been a game changer having the always on display on the watch. Are you, um, you wearing it in bed? Are you wearing your watch to bed or you take it off? I'm not. I take it off. I, I've been wanting to get into sleep tracking. I've tried it multiple times and I just hate it. So I, I'm like, well, a lot it's of my friends hate. are into the whoop. The whoop, I don't know if you've heard of the whoop bands or like the, the fitness track. It's a totally different style. Yeah, right. It's not a watch at all. It's a very skinny band. Right. Um, if I had some like that, I might wear it to the bed, but I don't. So yeah. aura may be a better choice for sleep for, you know, the ring where you put the ring on and it, it or a Fitbit or whatever, the equivalent yes. where it's just a super light. I thought of that, of having a watch. Then at night you take that off and you put on the Fitbit for, for, or whatever it is, right. For bed and for sleep tracking. But, you know, I mentioned this early on when we were, we were, ta- we were talking about, I've been doing some intermittent fasting and I haven't weighed myself once because it drives me. Cr- like I get so obsessed about it. Then it does something weird to me and I stop doing it because I weird out about it. And I was yeah. kind of like, you know, I think this time I'm just going to let it be and not measure my weight. Like just measure how I feel. That's what's really the, the most important thing. The thing is kind of that way with sleep too, where it's like, I got my watch on, I'm going to sleep. I'm thinking, I wonder what my watch is going to say in the morning. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, um, and I've got it set, you know, it, at 10 o'clock, it shuts itself off right goes in that mode goes in that sleep mode it's all set and ready to go it's not going to wake me up like it used to where i'd you know turn over and the thing would come on brighten it up right whatever but i'm just finding the more stats that i track the the worse it is for me which it shouldn't be that way right it should be the other way but i just get obsessed about the stats the 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 um the glass is actually really scratched on this now so i've scratched it i like i've worn it outside working on stuff and whatever and it's it's not scratched like bad like i can't see but it is definitely scratched yeah and i i what it sounds like yeah there's been some new things some new features that have come on six seven and eight that would be super cool but i kind of got this feeling like 
you know, I spent 400 bucks on it. I should probably just wait till it breaks, right? Till it stops. Yeah, working. if you're not missing, because like the only th- really things I think you're missing out on are like ECG, blood oxygen, like some of those sensors, which are yeah. kind of cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so those sensors yeah. I think are kind of the, and, and that's even the big thing between the SE and the eight, like, cause the SE doesn't have blood oxygen and ECG, the eight does. So, you know, it would be one of those, if you're, if it was scratched the point where you didn't want to do it, but you didn't want to spend all the money on the eight, I would go SE. If you're okay. like, okay. but if you're, if what you're waiting for is like, well, I kind of want to upgrade to get the sensors, then you should just go all the way to the, the eight. When's the next, what's the next release? Cycle That's a for great the point. I think know? they always announce them at the same time as the phones, but I could be wrong on that. Okay. So they might be coming so out with them. It would be coming up. I do. We bought during COVID. We did buy one of the finger uh, ox- blood oxygen sensors that does pulse and blood oxygen, just because people were talking about it with COVID. And and I and I they're like they're like twenty bucks, right? Yeah. And so we lately we go in these cycles. We play games during dinner where we pull out that thing, and everybody has to measure, and then the loser has to clear the table, you know, whoever has the lowest. So everybody's like, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, trying to pump up their blood. Well, there you go. You wouldn't have to put the finger thing on. Just do the, do the watch. No, it's super. But, yeah. It's, it's actually super fun. Well, okay. Well, and, and on the data thing too, the one thing I was going to mention is I put a big focus and I did this with my, uh, my home server, anything data driven. I kind of started going to Mike be focused more on the, the macro level. Right, like be focused more on big picture. Don't be checking this on a day to day basis. Wait to show trends. Like trends is really what I like to see. And we talked about it earlier on the show. Like that announcement I got from my watch about my resting heart rate being down over the last five days as compared to before. Like that was really cool. That's the type of stuff I like. And I almost forgot that this thing is tracking my heartbeat twenty four seven. And I wear my watch except for when I'm sleeping twenty four seven. So I think you know if you kind of just got in the mode of like okay. I'm not even going to look at it. Like I don't open the health app ever unless it gives me notification of some really cool metric that changed, right? Like, Oh, Hey, this is on average is different than it was. Right. Yeah. That's when I open it. I, I have never opened the health app otherwise, which is kind of nice, but I do track my workouts right with the watch. But again, I'm not too focused on it. Just, I, I wanted to know that I was working out, track it accurately. And then, um, from there, just be more worried about trends. Yeah. I think the big trends, I think you're right. I, yeah. I had been, you know, every time I have trouble sleeping, I go back and say, okay, what's the last six months been like? And that's available on my phone, even without wearing the watch, the phones kind of got going to sleep, waking up like numbers close enough. They're not exact, but they're close enough. Right. And I did see, you know, during the early, early pandemic months, you know, some like March of 2020 through like September of 2020, I was getting like four or five hours of sleep at night regularly, right? Which was not good. And that you could see it go from five to six and from six to seven. And then I could tell I was doing, okay, eight is eight's a good, you know, I was starting to see some seven and eights in there. And you're like, okay, I'm back on track, right? So yeah. I think it's, it is a good, it is good to watch that. Alex uh, asked you a question. He says, any burn in issues with the always on display? I had to replace my, Series one due to a burn in and the display being unreadable in bright light. Interesting. No, works great. I've no burn in issues at all. I, I think they must have gotten that worked out before they no, had it. I don't, you I know, don't and I'm assuming that they must have worked on something because how long had Android done on the phones always on displays, right. right? And iPhone just added that this year. So I think they must have must have worked on it because I have I don't have burn in issues on the phone or the watch, and both of those now are always on displays for me. 
couple months ago, well, maybe more, six months ago, I think you were on when we talked about Microsoft Translator. Were you were you on the show when we talked about I know that? we've talked uh, about that when I've been on the show. I don't know when it was. So a bit uh, back in the past. And it was a web app that I could log into. And then I did some trickery on my computers to feed the audio back around. Yeah. And so for your podcast that are so podcasts. at least you can follow along with what they're saying in, in rough terms. Right? Yeah. Kind of, so yeah. We do now seven different languages. We do podcasting Gallup in seven different languages. And so I would route that audio back around and then I could I could read. I would put it in the language, Portuguese or Chinese or whatever. I put the translator in that language and then I could use the code Microsoft.com slash translator slash and then they give me a five-digit identifier. And you could follow along, right? It was super great. Well, Microsoft deprecated the web app for it. Like they... They've been saying for the last, I don't know, six months, hey, this is going away. This is going away. The other day I logged in, it had gone away, yes. right? And I was like, oh, they they, they actually know, did it. Part, yeah, part of me wonders sometimes with Microsoft, like, are they really going to do that? Like, is it really right. going to happen? Right, type thing. So I kept wondering, like, you know, why, what, what, you know, okay, that, that'll come up here in just a second. So they said, hey, we've moved uh, we we now have an iPhone, an Android, and a Windows app for you. If this is what you want, to, oh oh okay. Well, it's the same. In in a lot of ways, it's the same way. It's harder for me to get the Windows app and on at work because I got to get it approved and whatever. It's much easier. Yeah. So I've been trying to figure out this way to get it on my phone. And and I actually ordered some components from from Amazon, some new stuff to plug into my phone, and then I would plug the microphone into the into the dongle and it would hoping it would feed the audio in i couldn't get any of them to work what i did find would work is this dongle which is an old plantronics usb sound card which these things like nobody knows what these are because they right it's you can buy usb sound cards plug them into usb port it's got uh it's got i'm showing the picture here if you're seeing the audio sorry about that or listen to the audio it's got a headphone jack and a microphone in it Mm. right it's a sound card, basically in a USB. You know, Plantronics made it for their really old headsets where they had, you know, the plugins, the round yeah. plugins, and then you could plug it in and it would it would bridge the gap in the days when before all those USB components came out, right? Well, if you take the camera kit that comes oh, with it, genius. lightening the camera, and you plug that in, right? Then you have this dongle, right? Then you plug the what's you, you come out of your speakers on the computer, plug into the microphone here. And the phone has no idea. It's coming. It thinks it's hearing it through, uh, you know, a microphone, a microphone or whatever. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Then you just feed that into the phone. So I was like, this should work. And it did. So I give the code. So now I can start it on my phone. Just set that aside. It doesn't, it can be anywhere. Right. And uh, log in with that at number and put it in English and boom, I, I got the translation. So then uh, when we were done with it, I picked up the phone and it was warm. And I'm like, oh, this is why Microsoft deprecated the web app. They didn't want to pay for the they didn't want to pay for the processing bill of running all that, right? Think about yeah. all the transactions that had to happen or all the processing that had to happen to translate that to run it and then translate it into 60 different languages, right? Or whatever, yes. whatever's yeah. going on. When they moved it downstream to the app. Guess who does that? Your phone. This guy. <laughs> it's this secure, guy. Jim. It's all being done locally. It's it's you <laughs> yeah. know that's I'm sure that's how they sold it, right? More oh, secure. Sure. It never leaves your phone. Yeah. Your phone's doing all of it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. No, Just shift the processing bill to you. Yeah. Mm, this guy. Now, this is what got me thinking about the new phone. 
because yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, the 12 is a good, it's a 14, a 15 on the 12 on the, on the no, oh, a 14 processor. And then I think, I think the 13 and 14 are the a 15 processor. That's and the a 16 for the pro. Okay. Okay. So, but it just got me thinking, like, since I just bought a new computer, new GPU, some of those kinds of things. And in theory, I haven't checked this on Windows. I might be better off at home doing this on on my on now this new gaming build that I built. Like run the app. I need to download it. I need to download the app, run it, get the stuff going, and just kind of see that gaming rig may actually make a really good translator on this thing, right? Yeah. Um but it got me thinking on the phone, like, okay, so the 13 and 14 have that end processor on there that does some, you know, it's kind of built for this. It's kind of, in some ways, it's kind of the GPU processor. Yeah, it's like tensor cores for the yeah. phone. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, well, I don't know if Microsoft's taking advantage of them, but now might be a good time. I'm going to do this more. But how cool it would be, then I could just take my phone, plug it in. What what I what I would probably upgrade this to is the camera kit that has the the well now back to our phone conversation the camera kit that has the lightning connector so I could charge the phone oh got it and wow. run right right Smart. because yeah it's pretty intense now I ran it for an hour I've had my twelve for two years I ran it for an hour and some change and maybe twenty percent battery life like okay. over that hour right definitely some but it's not like it killed it right right. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I've got some thoughts. I mean, I mean, I've got some things to kind of think about in that, in that realm. Certainly what was interesting is I couldn't get, I bought a TRRS cable. So that's the one that's got the three rings, two for stereo speakers, one for the microphone. I bought the, the, a dongle, the iPhone dongle that had the, 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 uh, lightning port and a TRRS port on the other side that's supposed to work for the phone. Yeah. Couldn't make those work for whatever reason. I think reason. iPhone's weird on their TRRS because they're expecting the Apple headset. And I think the uh, sum of the rings on the, one of the T, one of the R's in TRRS, I think is swapped on the Apple uh, headset. I that think. would make sense. Yeah. That because I know sense. like I use that adapter for my, I have the Rode wireless microphones, which are fantastic. I think I talked about my yeah. show years ago. Oh, yeah, best yeah, thing yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. You have to buy a special cord if you're using the iPhone as compared to any uh, other T like the TRRS that it uses for a DSLR camera yeah. is different than the cable you would buy for the iPhone. Okay. So I, if I remember right now, that might not be the case anymore, but well, you could, here's the deal. I can find these for like, three dollars these little usb sound cards basically yeah. are there i mean and so is and and now i know the camera kit the camera you know it's got the little picture of the camera on the dongle okay those are like 14 dollars to get a dongle that's got a camera and a us and a lightning on it yeah and i could be running that this way with an extra cord carry these around you could get a couple they're super cheap this is one of those things where i might just buy a couple of them have one at the studio have one here that's not smart. carry them around because yeah. not hundreds of dollars. I did, Mike, this did get me thinking maybe in the studio I'd put in an iPad or I'd put in a, an iPad mini to run this. They do have the upgraded processor. Um, they're a little bit bigger. Battery life's a little bit better. It could be a dedicated unit. It'd be easier to see when I'm sitting in the studio. Then I realized, well, I'm not really looking at the translated 
words. I just need the iPhone to be the to be the processor, right? I'm not looking. Oh, you're not looking at those. No, I'm not show. looking. Okay. I, no, I'm. I've got a web page. I've got a you know a browser window open, seeing the translation back into English. Got if it. I'm looking on the phone, it's Arabic or it's Portuguese or it's Chinese or it's Japanese or what's whatever. So I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't need to drop. I mean, for I could get a pretty, pretty good iPad Mini for four hundred bucks, not terribly expensive, right, compared to the phones. Yeah, but I was like, no, my phone actually be good enough. I can plug the phone in. So I think the solution will be get a couple dongles the way I want them. Have one in the studio, one here, and then the phone is just going to be the will be this the translation device. And whenever I'm doing that, I'll plug in. I do need to test the. I will. Before I do all that, I will test the app on Windows to see. I I might not even need those here. I could probably just run that off the gaming rig here and make yeah. it. And that PC would have no problem with the Ryzen 5 with no. the 3060. It should be just fine. Be buttery smooth. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So tangentially related to the tensor core part that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about the NVIDIA um, super resolution, this RTX super resolution that they they just released Mm -hmm. with their latest drivers? Mm -hmm. So you got me curious. So you you were talking about kind of the the different parts of these GPUs that are being used for different processing. Um, Linus Tech Tips, it's a good video to watch if you guys haven't watched this, but just to know, if you guys have a 30 series card or higher, um, essentially what NVIDIA did was they said, okay, what we can do is we can actually take in, it works in, I think, Chrome and Edge currently. So if you're watching a video in Chrome or Edge, they will upscale the video you're watching and the way they're doing it. So essentially you could take like a 720 video, a 1080p video and scale it up to 4K and Linus was kind of doing the, he was watching both. And he sometimes even liked the super resolution upscale better than just raw 4K. Um, but this is very kind of, it's interesting because you think about it, the, he put it in terms of kind of measuring. So Netflix charges extra for their 4K. So if you're watching Netflix on your computer, you could watch it in 1080p. And then you're this new feature that was just released. It's called, if you go into the NVIDIA panel, if you've upgraded the latest drivers, it's called RTX Video Enhancement. Um, and you turn on super resolution. And it can process then, and it uses those same cores that you were talking about on the GPU. That's why it's 30 series and above, because it has those cores, to essentially make this video from 1080p up to 4K. And it it, it does it with pretty good quality and in uh, pretty good resolution. So it was just an interesting kind of side tangent. Um, but, you know, they use the Netflix example of, well, why pay for the 4K? You can do 1080p and make it look like 4K, which... Uh, which is kind of interesting. Or, you know, you think about people who are bandwidth limited, right? If you're looking, if you're, you know, in an area where you can only pull down enough bandwidth to get a 720 stream, well, it doesn't matter anymore. You yeah. can make it look yeah. like a, a 4K stream. So yeah. kind of interesting, something to play around with. Yeah, well, it, 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 I was just, before I had this, this thought on this, I was, oh, and by the way, Joe says, you can't watch right now. Linus got the, hacked. Their whole, their channel is no longer on YouTube. Wow. Well, biggest tech channels on YouTube. So I'm on sure YouTube? Working... the YouTube channel got hacked. So essentially this morning, um, all of a sudden their logo changed to Tesla and it was a crypto scam. So a crypto company took oh. over and they started a live stream of like that fake Elon Musk talking about crypto, trying to get people to donate crypto. Um, so they essentially had gotten, uh, yeah, gotten hacked. It's, it's a comment. There's actually a pretty good video. I, I'm 
I don't know if I'll be able to find the link, but explaining why and how this is happening to YouTubers, it's coming through sponsors. So they work with these sponsors all the time. Well, those sponsors have them test things and these people will pretend to work for a company that they know like Linus works uh, with and it. you'll get them to download a GitHub. Hey, this is the beta version. We want you to test the beta version. And it essentially puts them into a back door and allows them to control the actual computer. So mm -hmm. 2FA becomes not really a factor because they're not logging into that account now remotely. Yeah. They're actually yeah. on the machine. Wow. Um, and so they're, wow. they're getting into YouTube accounts that way. Well, I guess you need to have a completely isolated you know, if you're going to do that kind of stuff now, you're going to have to have a completely isolated. Yeah. Like only this one computer can access yeah. our YouTube account. And yeah. It's, it's completely wild. separate network. Now the, the, the good news is it's never been cheaper to have just a second network, you know, no. network. Right. Yeah. It, it, it can be average. It doesn't need to be top. The problem the is, is it needs internet access. Well, you just, but, have, you just have a you second. Could, yeah. You yeah. just have a cheap yeah. second internet. Yeah whatever that's the one right. that plugs in and, and everyone yeah. else doesn't get it's 50 bucks on t-mobile you know just have a yeah. have a t-mobile one for 50 bucks or whatever right, right. cox i think still has a 25 dollar one that if you if you push them hard enough they'll give it to you it's not very good but it's just it's the minimum right you yeah know, you're not going to be on it all the time I'm gonna make a good backup you know for i love people. that use case though for the translation i always thought that that use case for translation was a very cool use for software like that yeah like, right your your podcaster is a perfect like use case because the only other one that everyone thinks about is oh i'm in a foreign country and i'm having a conversation with someone and we're holding our phone up and it's listening to both of us like yeah. this is a more real world how it could be used every single day so yeah. figuring out the processing and where you're doing it that's that's interesting zoom breaks that a little bit because they require on corporate accounts they're really good. If you're on one PC and you log into another, it logs you off of the other PC. So having, I would need to figure out how to have two Zoom accounts to make this work. Because, I mean, I guess I could do it on the Mac and use Audio Hijack. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, you could split run, out the know, audio run, in two different run ways. That around. Yeah, the app isn't on, it's not available on the Mac. So it's available on the phone, mm -hmm. uh, it's available on Android, and it's available on Windows. So I couldn't run it on my M1. But I guess I could do some trickery. It doesn't matter. I've got this really beefy um, gaming rig that I haven't really been using that you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, I should probably be using it for translations in the studios and making, you know, making that kind of work that would um, that would fit that fit the bill of that really, really well and do a nice job of doing the translations. Definitely. So, yeah, super cool. Mike, anything else uh, before we wrap it up? Anything else that... Uh, any other gadgets or anything you're working on? How's the ham radio in town? You still doing ham? Is it still I, out there? Not as much at home. No, actually. And so we're finishing that half of the basement. That's why you guys know it's the mess behind me and where all my cords came in. So I actually took it down for a little bit for inside the house. I'm going to figure out where to put it. Um, still, and then when it warms back up, still doing my parks on the air, going mobile. Um, no, really only, only two other things I was going to mention. And now I'll mention them really quick. So for those of you guys who use TDAR, uh, T-D-A-R-R -R, to transcode your video files, especially from H.264 to 265, and to do it automatically. Essentially, people are using that, hey, this is my watch folder. If any movie's in there or any files in there, if anything comes into that folder, just go ahead and transcode it to H.265. I will mention if you're on Unraid, I switched over to Unmanic, um, just Unmanic, uh, and it is a it's a pretty clean interface. Um, TDAR is super customizable and you can really get in the nitty gritty, uh, but if you're more of 
the average guy, right? Wanting to do this. And if you have been looking for a solution to do transcode a massive library over to 265, uh, give Unmanic a try. I, I switched over and now I just use that exclusively. I no longer use TDAR. So just a little tidbit there. I had always seen people talk about it, but I never really pulled the trigger. So I was running both for a little bit to test. And it's been it's been doing fantastic and, and much, I think, a lot cleaner and, and easier to install. So that's one thing. The other thing I was going to mention was uh, after the whole LastPass debacle that, you know, they got breached again and the way they handled it was absolutely awful. Uh, I did, you know, I, I I think way back in the day, I talked to you guys about running Bitwarden. I, I came back over, fired back up my self-hosted Bitwarden. Um, and man, Bitwarden has just continued to impress. Uh, they continue to run great updates. Um, their way that you can actually manage your... Um, you know, your two factor, you can actually run that through Bitwarden as well. Now we can have a big, long conversation about having all your stuff in one place. Is that truly two factor? Um, but, you know, I kind of think of it is because, you know, you'd have to have my phone and the password to my Bitwarden in my face or a device that has my Bitwarden on it. Um, but their ability to do that and, and even just simple conveniences, Jim, like when I log into an app and, it, and I, I click my Bitwarden and say, fill in my password it automatically, if it has a third-party token, it puts that in the clipboard so that on the next screen when it asks for my third party, I just paste. So it's it's click and then paste again, and you've got it all. And just having that all self-hosted again is is really nice. I know it's on it's on my server. Um, if you are doing this just for yourself, I would say don't even open that up to the internet. Just run Tailscale. I know I've talked about Tailscale on a previous show. Um, use a VPN, and then there's really no way anyone from outside would have access to your server. But that leads into just my final point on these new things I'm playing with. So back on Bitward and back to self-hosting it. Absolutely love it. Um, I actually, you know, I used to run a reverse proxy for a lot of the self-hosted things I did, right? You run an Nginx reverse proxy. Well, that opens up a port on your network that people can funnel into. And essentially, you know, if you guys aren't familiar with reverse proxies, if you want a URL, so let's say I have Uyghur.com and I want to get to my Bitwarden, I might do bitwarden.uyghur.com and I need that to flow in to my network somehow to get in to actually get to Bitwarden. Uh, you can do a reverse proxy on your network, right? And run Nginx. What kind of took the internet by storm, especially YouTube, if you are if you are on YouTube, is Cloudflare tunnels. So Cloudflare tunnels is essentially a, a way that you can avoid having a reverse proxy and opening up those ports locally. And the way it works is essentially you run all your DNS for your domain through Cloudflare, and then you run a small little Docker container on your network somewhere and it brokers a connection with Cloudflare. So I go on to Cloudflare and I say, I can actually, I'm actually plugging in my local IP address. I'm saying, I'm going to set up, you know, using the example before, bitwarden.weger.com, that goes to 192.168.what. And it's just funneling that through and it's connecting back to that tiny little Docker container that's running in. So it's making that connection without opening a port. And it also, obviously, then the IP address is hidden from anyone who hits bitwarden.weger.com and they're pinging it and they're looking at the... Uh, IP address, they're not getting, you know, my how my home's private um, IP address, which is kind of nice. You are putting at that point all your trust in Cloudflare. That's been my one thing on this is like, well, at that point, Cloudflare has a tunnel into my network. Like I have to trust them a lot. Cloudflare is used for, I mean, I can't remember what percentage, a large percentage of the internet, right? Of the traffic runs through Cloudflare. I'm pretty trusting of them. Um, so I'm not as worried about it, but it's a really nice replacement for a reverse yeah. proxy. So if you run things behind that you do need to poke holes in, but everything else, I've actually been on a trend of just running through Tailscale. I used to use a reverse proxy for Home Assistant and for my security system for Blue Iris. 
I run, I just, you know, run tail scale now. I mean, that's really the only things I put through the, through uh, the cloud for a tunnel really are things that I want to be able to access at work from my work computer because I can't put tail scale on my work computer. So I did have to give up being able to check my security cameras from my work laptop at work, but that's fine. I just do it from my phone. Um, so, but, and so Bitwarden, obviously I do have on my work machine um, and I do want that to be able to go. So I run that through the tunnel, but everything else I've just been keeping private and, and running the VPN all the time and tail scale just makes that so freaking easy. So those were just three of the kind of the, the nerdy things that I've been running updates on and uh, yeah. my, yeah. my nerdy life, which I don't have much time for on anymore. <laughs> no. No, you're a dad. You're a dad yeah. of kids. You're you're a busy guy. No, it's it's some good stuff. I've kind of decided I'm not going to do any proxy stuff. I'm going to host it somewhere, or yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy their hosting to do it. And I've started moving my passwords, and then I thought, you know, I'm just going to write these down in my passport. Right? So I got my passport out here. There's plenty of space in it to write on it. So I'm just writing my. Are you uh, joking? Yeah, I'm joking. Okay, I, was, for, I couldn't tell for a quick second there. <laughs> I was really concerned for yeah, that half a second. I got these pages. I got these pages. They're good. They're blank. So now I just carry just, my password everywhere. Not, and I put all yeah. my passwords, my social isn't security that, number. Isn't that what your passport's for? Yeah, isn't that yeah, what you're yeah. supposed to? It's secure, exactly right? Yeah. I mean, it's got stickers. My crypto on keys it. are in there, you know, <laughs> and all those things. No, actually, I have my passport out because I'm applying for a new one. It expired, so I need to go. I need to apply for a new one. But uh, yeah, here. So, but let's just talk about Bitwarden really quick. Yeah. Like everybody's moved to it. Yep. <laughs> like I have not heard one person say, oh yeah, I'm going to fill in the blank right now. That doesn't mean people don't, but I think 99% of everybody just like, screw it. I'm going to Bitwarden. I, listen, I get it's open source. I get all that stuff, but that yeah. doesn't mean it's not vulnerable. Like, you know, like who knows what we don't know with it and yeah. i'm just afraid mike at some point we're gonna hear like oh yeah some open source developer had some keys to something and that left a vulnerability open and nobody knew about it and it was in there and we didn't see it and it was you know whatever you know no i'm just afraid for that right yeah you know i, I think what it comes down to is Overall, the idea of storing all your passwords in one place is is not really a good idea anyway. It's generally right? a bad like, idea. Like, it's generally a bad idea. But yeah. it's 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 the the trend we're going down, yeah. and we're trying to we're trying to solve that. And we're trying to get to a passwordless. Right. I mean, this yes. is a whole other show, be, right? No, we we're, we're trying to get to that. But if you do have to trust someone, I think it's Bitwarden's track record for being very transparent, yeah. and the open source nature allows all the big. T- I think the reason it got moved to was because hey, we can audit the code on our own, and I mean, the, so the well, but LastPass problem code. wasn't code. It it you know they had there was a weak spot in the person who yeah was running right. I mean, I think we we all now know they that they are running a version of Plex that allowed the the an old unpatched version of Plex. I mean, they were definitely targeted and they were allowed to come in and they got the keys to the S3 bucket. It wasn't LastPass's code that was a problem. It was LastPass's security and they definitely didn't handle it. Well, I think it was the code the way that the passwords were stored though because they got our master passwords, which they shouldn't have had. Well, but you can, like like anything, they got the password to the bucket. (laughs) Yeah. And once you've got the bucket, you've got, uh, you have a lot of things, right? And I'm no, I'm not a security, security expert. But from everything I've heard from that, you know, again, it's just one of those things where it wasn't necessarily a code problem. It was a person problem. And I just hope Bitwarden doesn't have people problems where there's, 
you know, one of four people who's got the keys to the kingdom who gets targeted, yeah. which is what was last, pro- last pass was right. problem. And I guess that goes back to the point of like, the people problem though is a people problem. You're going to, you have that everywhere, but no matter what password manager yeah. you use, there's no, right. always a risk with no, people. That's, so but, if we're yeah. going to trust someone, maybe trust the people who have had the best track record of being transparent about it. Yeah. Um, and having the open source added to it where, okay, at least because with the other ones you have people and you can't audit the code, yeah. right? Or you're trusting sock reports, you know, that maybe they do or don't share. Right. Bitwarden actually shares the full sock reports and everything that they're doing, which is pretty cool. It's um, plus more transparent to, for sure. Yeah. So I think it's like one of those, like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, no, pick your right poison. Right. And if you're going to go yeah, with yeah. one, like go choose the least. I'm, I'm not defending LastPass. Trust yeah. me. I mean, they were a sponsor, right? For the show for yeah. a lot of years, but, but I'm not defending them. There's, they did a lot of things wrong. And it was the way they handled things. the whole thing yeah, too. Right. Sure. Like, yeah. Not being yeah. upfront no. with what happened. For, and, for sure. Well, and there was some, I mean, there were some problems. Christian came on and was talking about it. And there was some for old, for, for folks who'd been on the platform a long time, you know, the iteration, I forget what that's called, hadn't got set higher for some of those. And so they're very vulnerable at this point, right? Brute force attacks, pretty easy at that point, right? Yeah. I went in and checked at a pretty high number. I'm like, well, okay, uh, I'm still moving. I am still changing passwords on everything. I mean, I'm still kind of going through. I moved all the high priority ones over and I've got those taken care of. I still have a a bunch that are, you know, they're accounts I use from time to time on things. And I'm, I'm tempted, like, do I X? Because my methodology was two browsers, one Bitwarden, one LastPass. Sign into the account, grab the info, sign in over here, put it in, change the password at the time I'm moving it, right? Yeah. Right at that time. Double check it. That takes a while when you have 400 passwords, you know? Yeah. Some people exported it, imported, and then changed. And I was like, no, I'll never get that done. I'll blow it off. And then it'll never, it'll, those passwords will never get changed. So I got the banking and all that other stuff moved over. Right. But yeah, well, it's that, it's just, that's one of those things, Mike. I just think it's awesome till it's not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's, that's true. I mean, every, every company goes, we like Gallup likes KeyPass because it's local. Right. And it's not as convenient because it's local. But it's local. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not somewhere where somebody can get it. Right. No. And that's what I love about self hosted Bitwarden. Right. Yeah. Like if someone messes up, that people that's going to mess up and give keys to the kingdom is you. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's stored over there in that box no, and right nowhere on. else. Right. right like on. if yeah. Bitwarden can get hacked and doesn't affect me. Right. Because that's on this box over here. Very so, true. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Very true. And I'm fine with taking accountability yeah. for I just wish I will mess hurry, up. But. Hurry up at you. <laughs> I know I'll mess up for sure. That's why yeah. I, I trust somebody else to get it done. I We got to get to this passwordless thing here. Pretty we quick. do. We yeah. really do. Yeah, we really do. Yep. It's, just, it's just terrible. Well, Mike, thanks for coming out. We'll get you back yeah. here in the summer. And yep. uh, I do. I need to get out your way a little more often and uh, enjoy a brew. And uh, brew a little cigar or something. Yeah. That back patio. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Let's wait till after May so I can enjoy a brew with you. Can you Can you hang tight? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Can you hang tight for just a second? I can. A yep. couple reminders. One, join us in the Discord group. And Mike is out there, although he's super busy. But uh, join us in the Discord group. <laughs> yeah, sorry, group. guys. No, that's right. Theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. I think there had actually been a comment in Discord about like on the Unraid channel. Somebody had to unsubscribe because for a while there was so much conversation that you were working on an Unraid and and they even made a comment. They were like, Yeah, since Mike stopped posting here, uh it's crickets it now. Yeah. Leave us a message, homegadgetgeeks.com, and uh, hit the button, the the uh, microphone button. You can leave a 
audio message that way. Just email me, jim at theaverageguy.tv after you do that so I know that you've done it because I don't always check that uh, that account from time to time. It'd be good to know. Neil sends me notes. Neil, thanks for always your comments. He also is making, he just sent me an email I got uh, a little bit earlier today and he said he's making the jump to Bitwardness too. So Neil, appreciate your emails. Don't forget the average guy.tv, both web platform and media hosting, all powered by Maple Grove Partners. I mean, if you want secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from those that you know and trust, uh, check out Maple Grove Partners. Plans start as little as $10 a month, maplegrovepartners.com. And don't forget that, Mike, during this, I've been um, intermittent fasting again, but we are still crushing the HelloFresh. Like, like, I just can't, every time I think about getting rid of it, I, I cry a little bit inside. Like I'm like, no, it's so, it's so great. If you, they, they now save as much as $110 on your first five box. They're throwing big money at this. If you haven't tried it yet, give it a try. 40 bucks off your first box alone. Give it a try. If you haven't tried it yet, and then you can quit it. If you don't like it, you can quit it. Uh, but we've really liked it. Check it out. The average guy.tv slash hello fresh. And you don't even need to contact me. Everything you need is there. The average guy.tv slash hello fresh. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at theaverageguy.tv forward slash live. Erin Lawrence will be back with us next week with all kinds of gadgetry. She's been doing some great work and uh, and has got a lot of great stuff going on. If you haven't been following her on on YouTube, you absolutely, hopefully her account won't get hacked. We'll have to, we'll have to talk about that. Say, Erin, you're going to need to be careful on, on any beta products that you get, right? Yeah. Um, I need to fill in a, a week, but then Brian Friedlander, a name you probably haven't heard in a while. Brian uh, j- joined us about four years ago, four or five years ago. Uh, assistive tech. So he works in this area of where for individuals who need help with technology and not like help figuring it out, but I mean, have disabilities or things like that, learning disabilities. He's in that space. He's going to be joining us here in a couple of weeks. And then uh, Mark Robson's back. We're talking barbecue and Mike, are you still getting your grill? Are you getting your smoker? Did you do much during the winter? I did nothing during the winter. Oh, I'm getting it back out for the spring. All right. All right. I lifted my grill up the other day and the two, it's so old. The two front brackets have like rusted out. Rusted through. And they're like, (laughs) the hinge was like, wrinkle, 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 wrinkle. Like, oh. I'm a smoker. I've had that. No, I've got, I remember I bought. Oh, that's right. I bought that one. So, yeah. But there's times I use a smoker like jerky and pork and some you know we're doing pulled pork and then there's times i go to the, uh i go to the uh to the grill i still like to do like chicken and burgers and stuff like that on the grill. i don't know just yep. just old habits so we'll be back uh we'll be back next week with aaron lawrence come out and join us with that we'll say goodbye everybody